All right, again, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that today will be a help to you, and uh, we hope this uh, lesson, this series, will uh, continue to give you joy throughout your course, the course of your life. And I know for some of you this will be difficult to understand, difficult to even remember, um, but uh, remember way back when long time ago when we could travel. Remember when we could travel? Uh, you would get on a uh, stuffy airplane <laughs> with a bunch of other people. It's hard to even remember, but the beginning before that even, we would uh, get our suitcases out. We would fill that with necessities. Now, this is kind of a bone I have to pick with people. You are to fill your suitcase with necessities, not wants, necessities, things that you need. Uh, often you'll go and you'll pick up the uh, bag of someone in particular and you'll go, whoa, that is way too much. And uh, Pastor Levi is back there pointing and uh, he is one that I had in mind when I was thinking about this. My wife is another. She'll often think, well, especially for the kids, it's hard to know what to pack for kids because a lot of times you're like, oh, we might need this and it might snow in Florida. So we have to bring the snow suits and all of these different things, it's just constant and consistent, and it's quite interesting to know. But only necessities for your trip. You take that suitcase, and you go to the airport, and you take that suitcase and put it up onto the scale. And most times, it's over 50 pounds, and you have to pay extra or start taking things out. All of your necessary belongings. Listen, if you only pack necessities... You won't be over 50 pounds, I promise you. And uh, so you got to give this thing to someone behind the counter. And then you proceed through security. One of the greatest times of going through the airport is security. And so you have a bunch of fun there. And uh, now I've only flown a couple of times in my life. But every time that I'm flying, I can't help but wonder, I wonder if my suitcase is getting on the same plane that I am. You look out, I always try to look out the window and see what's going on around me and I can see people and there's all kinds of different people doing different things and I always, I, every time, if I can, I look for my suitcase to see if it makes it on the same plane because I want it to go with me where I'm going. I literally, when I get on this plane, I literally feel like I've lost something because I've now taken my necessities and I've given them to someone else and I don't have them anymore. And so I, I can't help but feel like it has been torn from me. Anyway, you take your seat on the plane, and for the next couple of hours, you do your best to enjoy the flight. You either watch a movie or whatever you're going to do, and uh, occasionally you'll get some peanuts or something like that. But before you know it, you've landed. You land, the, the plane lands, and the bell dings, you can take your seatbelt off, and you get up, and you walk out of the plane. And as you're walking out of the plane, you begin looking for signs for what's called the baggage claim. The baggage claim. And that's the first place you go. You walk past all of the stewardesses and the pilots and all of those things out to the, the hallway there and up. And you begin looking for those signs. And finally, you find those signs and you make your way there and you find the luggage carousel. I love these things. I, what a brilliant invention. And you try to find the right one. You try to find the one that's uh, tagged to your things. But when you get there, you just hope and pray that they did not forget your bags, your luggage with all of your necessities in them. Before long, the luggage becomes, begins to come out onto the conveyor. 
And here it comes, and you wait with anticipation. And if anybody's anything like me, I'm not looking at the conveyor that's in front of me. I'm looking at where it's coming out because I want to have lots of time before it gets to me. And you begin to wait, and you begin to wait, and you begin to wait, and you're there, and you just can't see it. You don't see it yet. You don't see it yet. And then finally, joy. You see your bag, your luggage, your suitcase with all of your necessities in it. It is there. Now, let me ask you, what do you do at this point? At this point in the trip, what do you do? Well, most of us, if you're a normal person, you take a step up and you reach down and you grab your, bla- your bag. You grab your suitcase. This is something that all of us do. And you know, the interesting thing is very few people question this, this act. They, that, that's just normal. Nobody accuses you of stealing. Nobody accuses you of taking something that is not yours because I want you to understand this. It is yours. It's your bag. It's your possession. All of your necessities are in the bag. You have just claimed what is already yours. Now, there are people that just don't know which bag is theirs. They haven't marked it very well or they're all black suitcase or something like that. And so sometimes you grab the wrong bag. Well, that's not yours. And so somebody may get upset with you about that. But listen, when you're grabbing your bag, it is yours. You are simply claiming what is already yours. You are simply claiming what is already yours. And now your suitcase is with all your necessities is with you again. You grab it and you begin walking out the door And you are ready to continue your trip. Man, that's just wonderful when it all works together. Now, let me ask you this question. What happens when they lose your luggage? Maybe uh, put a thumbs up in the the comments or tap that if, if you've ever lost your luggage. Man, when you lose your luggage, it is a pain. It is no fun. It is a, a hard thing. Sometimes the airline will try to make that up to you and help you out with that a little bit. But it doesn't exactly make your trip extremely enjoyable. There's a hiccup in it, and it just it, it causes a little bit of problems. Listen, when you claim what is already yours, it makes your trip that much more enjoyable. Much, much more enjoyable. This morning, I want to look at joy. And I want to look, and if you're, in fact, if you're in the habit of writing things down, go ahead and write this down. In Christ, your joy can be claimed. In Christ, your joy can be claimed. John chapter 15 and verse 11, the Bible says this, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. You see, in Christ, we can claim our joy. Because God has already given it to us. The Bible says that when we became the children of God, we inherited everything that God has to give. And God wants to give us fullness of joy. And he does that. But so many of us don't. So the title of today's message is very simply this. Claim your joy in Christ. Just like your suitcase with all of your necessities in it. When you claim that, wow, makes your trip that much more enjoyable. We think about it as such a small thing. But man, when we don't have it, it makes our trip very much less enjoyable. And so as we begin looking at this, we can claim our joy in Christ. Listen, your joy already has your name on it. It already has your name on it. It's yours, but so many of us never 
choose to claim it. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, we'll be looking at verse 1. Philippians chapter 3, in verse 1, we need to claim our joy in Christ. The Bible says this in verse 1, finally, my brethren. Hey, this is the last thing I'm going to say, right? And this is, we, we hear this from preachers all the time. Finally, this is the last thing I'm going to say. But the interesting thing is this is not the last chapter in the book of Philippians. Paul's going to say much more than this. But he says, finally, my brethren, watch what he says here. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Now, I find this very interesting. You know what's coming. If you've been in church for any amount of time, you know what's coming. In fact, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. So we know this. We understand this. And Paul's reiterating it here again. Listen, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. So you might be sitting there this morning. And you might be thinking, yeah, I've heard that before. Uh, you know, find your joy in Christ, live for Christ, and you will have joy. Rejoice in the Lord. I, I've heard it all before. Again, I think we've mentioned this before, but the problem is not what we know. We all know that. We all know that we need to find our joy in God, in Christ. We all know that. We've heard it before. But listen. It's not what we know, it's what we do. So often we know what is right to do, but we never actually do it. We've already established that. So joy can be ours. Joy can be ours. We just have to claim it. We just have to get it. We just have to know where to find it and go get it. It's like going to the carousel. Getting the right luggage and seeing it coming out and just claiming it. We know that joy is found in Christ. We know that. But let me ask you this question this morning. What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Well, I want to give you just two simple steps. Two simple steps to finding joy in Christ. Number one, I must forget who I am. For you, you must forget who you are. Forget who you are. What in the world? Let's take a look at uh, Philippians chapter 3. Jump down to verse 4 with me, if you would. The Bible says this. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. So basically Paul is saying, listen, I have so much confidence in my flesh. And if any of you say that you have confidence in your flesh, man, I have so much more. Look at what he says in verse 5. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, in Hebrew of the Hebrews. He says, as touching the law, a Pharisee. And if we know anything about Bible history, you understand that this, these Pharisees knew the law inside out and backwards. They knew everything about it. And so he was a Pharisee. Verse 6, he says, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. And you might not look at this as a positive, but Paul had a great zeal. And he was zealous, not necessarily for good things. But listen, nothing was going to stop him from persecuting the church. He was going all over the place. In fact, at Paul's conversion, he was headed to Damascus. Quite a little trek from where he originally started in Jerusalem. And he began to go and, and, and take this trip. And listen, he was zealous for what he believed in. 
He says, touching the righteousness which is in the law. Watch this now. Blameless. He kept the law to a T. He did everything that he could possibly think of. But look what he says in verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Verse 8, yea, doubtless. And I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Paul very simply says, listen, if, we can, if I could put it in today's terminology. Man, I grew up in a good Christian home. He was a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin. I, I, I was in church from the time I was born. I went to Sunday school. I did everything that I was supposed to do. I grew up with a two-parent family. I went to a private school. I, I, I had good friends. I, I had money. I had all of these different things. And anything that I put my mind to, man, I would just accomplish it. And listen, he had everything going for him. But he says this, the things that I have, I am to count them as loss. You see, most of us look at our upbringing. We look at our talents. We look at our abilities. You know how we look at them? We look at them as assets. Listen, I grew up in a Christian home. I went to a private school. I never wanted for anything. Listen, my parents uh, gave us everything that we needed. And so I understand this. And listen, I, I count that as an asset. I look at that and think, wow, what an asset I have. But listen, Paul says something differently. He says, instead of looking at your past as an asset, you need to look at it as a liability. It's a loss. Count them as loss. You know, in business, when you have an outstanding debt, you know what we do. Sometimes businesses just write them off. Write it off. We just take it and we'll, you know, cash it in later or whatever, that, how that works. But understand, you just write them off. Listen, your strength, your mind, your abilities, your, your actions, all of those things that you think, man, I have these things that I can claim. This is what defines me. This is who I am. I'm a smart child. I used to brag that I was the valedictorian of my high school graduating class. And I'll be honest with you, I was. There was only 11 in our class, so it wasn't that spectacular. But I'll, you, you think, oh, I, my brains, I, I'm so smart and I'm going to hold on to that. Or uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm strong, I'm gonna, I exercise a lot, and I'm going to hold on to that. Or, or I have a great personality. Or you, you fill in the blank of those things. But listen, those things that you find are assets to you are actually going to fail you when you try to attain joy through them. Listen to that again. Those assets are actually going to fail you when you try to attain joy through them. You see, those things, those assets, those strengths, they might attain you wealth. They might. If you are smart, it may attain you wealth. If you are a hard worker, that may attain you wealth. Listen, those assets might attain you status. Those assets may attain all kinds of different things for you, but I want you to understand this. Those physical assets that you think you have, they will never help you attain joy. Oh, they may, they may help you attain happiness. They will never help you attain 
joy. In fact, I believe this, the more you count on those things, the less you have joy. The more you count on those things, the less you have joy. Paul's advice is simply this. Listen, I had all of these things. The more I want to count them as lost. Paul's advice is to remove those things. Write them off. They don't make a difference. Listen, forget the fact that you grew up in a Christian home. Forget the fact that you didn't grow up in a Christian home. Forget the fact that you went to a private school or you didn't go to a private school. Forget the fact that you had good parents or you didn't have good parents. Forget the fact that you had great friends or you didn't have great friends. Forget the fact that you went to college or you didn't go to college. Forget the fact that you're uh, still in love with your spouse or not. Listen, none of those things matter. Forget the fact that you have a great talent or not. Listen, in reality, all of those things don't make a difference. You say, Pastor Yeomans, I didn't grow up in a good Christian home. I didn't have two parents at home. I had a single mom or a single dad that raised me. Listen, listen, just forget those things. Forget them. Forget who you are. Paul says this, none of these things matter. In fact, look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Jump down a little bit with me. The Bible says this, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't finish, but he says this, but this one thing I do, watch now, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forth unto those things which are before me, verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Listen to me, your past can define you, but only if you let it. Your past can define you, but only if you let it. Listen, there might be some hard things in your past that you're just still struggling with. and You just can't seem to find joy because those things are still holding on. Listen, I know this is, sounds easier than it is, but we have to forget that. Listen, you might have, have, a, have had a great past. Things might be spectacular for you. I want you to understand this. When it comes to finding joy, forget those things. Forget those things. They don't matter. You ask why. Why in the world does this not matter? Well, I want you to see Romans chapter 7 and verse 18. The Bible says this. For I know that in me, Paul says, that is in my flesh, watch this now, dwelleth no good thing. I want you to understand this this morning. There is not one good thing that dwells in you. You might have a brilliant mind. Listen, I'm with you. I think that's wonderful. But the Bible says that in your flesh there dwelleth no good thing. You might have incredible strength. Listen, wonderful thing. But Paul says that in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Listen, there's not one good thing that comes out of us. Why? Because the Bible calls us sinners. We've all sinned. The Bible says Every one of us has sinned and we've come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. None of us are righteous in and of ourselves. We are no good. The Bible calls our righteousness the best thing that we can do as filthy rags in God's sight. But watch this, James chapter 1 and verse 17. I love this. The Bible says this, every good gift and every perfect gift... 
is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, watch, with whom is no variableness, no matter what comes, neither shadow of turning, no matter what goes. Everything good comes from God. The joy that we so long for. Listen, you have to forget who you are. Put those things aside. Listen, they may help you someday, but we need to get our priorities straight. Push those things aside. Listen, your joy cannot be found in yourself. You hear it all over the place. Hey, try harder. Work harder. It's in there somewhere. Dig deep. You hear all those things, but listen, the Bible says this. The things which were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. And yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Listen, I know it's hard. I understand that it's difficult. And I'm in the same position. There are times where I depend solely upon myself. Solely upon my upbringing, solely upon my knowledge of what's going on in the world, and solely upon all these different things. But I want you to understand something very, very important. The harder I try to do things myself, the less joy I have. Because there is nothing in me that is good. There's nothing in me that is joyful. But every good gift and perfect gift comes from God. So, we need to forget who we are. But number two, very importantly, is number two, find who he is. We need to find who he is. Let's continue. He says in verse eight, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. He says, listen, I want to get rid of everything so that I can have the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And he says in verse 9, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness. Nope, not trying to do things on my own, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Verse 10, that I may, watch, know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. You see, We must forget ourselves so that we can be found in him. We we cannot have it both ways. We can't be full of ourselves and full of him. We have to empty ourselves so that we can be full of him. Must be. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28. Watch this now. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. Watch this. For ye are all we are all, excuse me, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. You see, God doesn't even look whether you're Jew or Greek. God doesn't even look if you're male or female. He is all in all. We are all one in Christ. So listen, it doesn't matter what your past is. It's all about knowing God. With God, none of your talents, none of your abilities matter until you are found in him. I'm not trying to say that they never matter. I'm not trying to say that at all, but we often have our priorities out of whack. Let me ask this. What does it mean to find out who God is? What does it mean to be found in him? What does it mean to empty myself and be filled with God? What does it mean? How do I do that? 
Well, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. The Bible says this. Come unto me, all ye that labor, watch now, and are heavy laden. You're working hard, you're trying your best, you're doing everything that you can possibly do. And he says this, and I will give you rest. Just, just come to me and I will give you rest. Watch this, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Why? For I am meek and lowly and hearted. Ye shall find rest unto your souls. He says this, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Listen, all of us, we're running around working hard, trying to do the best that we can do. We're relying in self-confidence. But listen, Jesus says, you're working hard, you're laboring, you're heavy laden. Come. Listen, how do we accomplish finding out who God is? Well, first of all, you have to come to him. Come unto me, all ye that labor. Most of us are busy, around, busy running around trying to find joy in all the things that we can do. We're using our talents, we're using our abilities to try and impress ourselves. Do you ever get impressed with yourself? I do, every so often. I'll do something and accomplish something that I really wanted to get done. and I, 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 there's, there's just a wonderful happiness in that. And I'll try harder the next day, and I'll try harder the next day, and I'll keep trying But yet, in all these things, we're trying to find joy, but we are just weary. We're heavy laden. We are burdened with so much. We are trying to handle things on our own, and we're trying to add things and try to get better and continually piling on and piling on. And Jesus says, listen, you're burdened, you're heavy laden, just come to me. Come to me. Come to him Empty of ourselves. What is emptying yourself? Literally meaning realize that we can't do it on our own. At some point in your life, if you want to have joy, you must realize that you cannot have true joy on your own. You're going to try. I guarantee you, you're going to try. But literally, picture this with me. Jesus is just standing there watching you try. Using your talents, using your abilities. He's watching you try. And he's just standing there with open arms just saying, come unto me. Come unto me. You're still trying, but come unto me. Come unto me. I I want to help you. And before long, when you begin to realize that you can't find joy in this life, your course cannot be had with joy until you come. And he's there with open arms, ready and willing. But listen, not only come to him. Look what he says in the rest of that verse. He says, take my yoke upon you, watch, and learn of me. He says, learn of me. When you come to him, listen, you're coming empty of yourselves. And then he says, listen, find out who I am. Find out who I am. He says, I am meek and lowly in heart. Hey, I'm meek and lowly. I I just want to help you. Talked about that last week, about helping other people. Swallowing our pride and helping other people. Find out who God is. How do you do that? You find out from the Word of God. He wrote the book that we see in front of us, and he, He has given us who He is in this book. Find out. Come to Him. Learn of Him. 
and become like him. Take my yoke upon you and learn to me, for I am meek and lowly heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Why? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Listen, when you think of joy, I think of light, airy, walking on clouds. Listen, that's exactly what Jesus is describing. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you know him and when you are with him, I believe this, that is the only time you can experience true joy. You say, Pastor Yeomans, you just said last week that if we help other people and we sacrifice for other people, then that's when we can experience true joy. And listen, I agree. You can try that. You can do those things on your own. And I think that's great. I've heard a lot of things this week of people reaching out and helping other people. Listen, I want you to understand this. That is exactly the person of Jesus Christ working through you. Listen, when you spend time with him, when you walk with him, and you experience joy, and then what do you do? You begin letting that flow out of you. You begin, you begin helping other people. You begin sacrificing yourself to other people. Again, John chapter 15 and verse 11. John chapter 15 is called the abiding chapter. Staying, holding, and, and spending time dwelling with God in a relationship with God. It's, it, watch what he says here in verse 11 again. These things have I spoken unto you. Bide in me. Watch, he says, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. You see, when, when we spend time with God, we walk with him. We are, are in tune with him. We find joy. We claim our joy in God. You see, the major problem that I'm finding is that we have listened to what everyone else has said about finding joy. We've listened to every commercial. We've listened to every podcast. We've listened to every YouTube video that we can find about finding joy. We've listened to everyone else about finding joy in relationships. Man, if you just go out and you have as many relationships with as many people as you can, you'll find joy. In fact, you need to have as many intimate relationships as you can. You need to do things the way that you want to do, and that will make you happy. Have it your way are the things that are said. Do the things that you want. Again, we hear work harder, work longer. You will be more successful, and when you're more successful, you will be happier. We hear commercials all the time, get the newest technology, get the latest iPhone, get the most up-to-date technology, and guess what? You will be happy. This will make your life. But listen, all of these things that we've just talked about, and there are many more, these are all pleasures for a season. Listen, all of us know, if you have any amount of technology whatsoever, you know that in the next you, you get the newest technology and you love it and wow, this is amazing and you have fun with it for, what, a week or two? And then it's kind of old hat. And then next year, guess what? Another one comes out. You, they, they, they're just for a season. We know that these things don't last. It becomes old and it becomes outdated. And guess what? In order to be happy again, we need something new. And we're just constantly reaching, trying to find that next joy. But listen, just forget it. Just forget it. 
don't follow everyone else's prescription for joy. Don't follow everyone else's prescription for joy. Let me let you in on a little secret. They're all searching for it as well. They're all looking for it as well. They're all trying to obtain joy. But listen to me. Follow God's prescription. Guess what? God created us. God created us. He knows what we need to have joy. God is the author and finisher. He, he created us. Listen, everyone else really is just trying to figure it out. God's already got it in our blueprints. God's already got it figured out. And he says, listen, just come to me. He knows exactly what will bring us joy. He knows that sacrificing ourselves, forgetting ourselves, forgetting our past, and being found in him, knowing him, and giving for the sake of others will bring us joy. Again, I, I, not to continue to harp on the same thing, but listen, this is exactly what Jesus Christ did. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he leaves the disciples alone and goes and prays. And if you remember, what, what does he pray? He prays and asks God to let this cup pass from him then he says this nevertheless not as i will but as thou wilt i believe this with all my heart and hebrews chapter 12 tells us that this was his joy his joy was not in accomplishing what he wanted because he was he was fully human and fully god and his human side wanted to escape the pain, escape what he was going to go through. And as God, he wanted to escape the sin of the entire world being placed upon him. Listen, he who knew no sin, the sin of the entire world was placed upon him. So he knew what he did not want to go through. But he says, it's not my will, but thine. Listen, so many of us are walking around fulfilling our will, doing what we want. And Jesus himself knew that it was only by doing the will of God that true joy could be found. That was Jesus' joy. Here, sacrificing, forgetting, counting those things as loss, being found in him. Guess what? That was Paul's joy. Paul's joy was found in this same manner. Let me ask you very simply this morning. Will you have joy? Will you have joy? This is not something you can muster. This is not something you can try harder for. Very simply, it's yours for the taking. You just have to claim it. But you have to go to the right place. You have to follow the signs. You have to go to the proper place. Listen, the only way to get there and the only signs that lead there are forgetting who you are and find out who Jesus is and being found in him. Listen, if today you say, Pastor Owens, I don't even know who this Jesus is. I don't even know really why you're talking about him. Listen, I want you to know this. Jesus Christ is the Savior 
Bible says that we're all sinners, that we all deserve to die, go to a place called hell. Because of our sin, the Bible says that Jesus came to this earth. God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to the world. He did that, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, God loved you so much that he wanted to remove you from your sin. Because you can't do it on your own. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is so important that you understand you're a sinner, but you also need a Savior. That Savior was Jesus. The good news is he took your sin, he buried it in the depths, but guess what? You just have to claim it. Just ask. The Bible says that if we will confess Our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we would love to help you with that today. Listen, you might be sitting there this morning, you might be thinking, I'm a Christian, I know I'm going to heaven, I have a relationship with Jesus, but I just don't have joy. I just feel defeated. I I just, I'm not really sure which way to go anymore. Can I repoint you to your sign? sign is simply this. Come to Jesus. Have that relationship with him. Forget those things which are behind and reach forward unto those things which are before. Press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Listen, Jesus did not come for you to have a life, a course that is not filled with joy. Listen, the Bible says that he came to give life and to give it more abundantly. That's why he came. And so if today you don't have the joy, perhaps it's because we haven't counted those things with loss and we've forgotten who God is. Maybe it's time we do. We forget who we are and begin finding out who he is. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given to us to be here this morning. Father, for those that are listening this morning, Father, if there's one that does not know you as personal Savior, then I pray that today they would know that. They would realize their sin, realize their need of a Savior, and accept you as the only way. Father, for the rest of us who seemingly significantly and often lose our joy help us to realize that it's our fault help us to realize that we just simply don't claim it father i pray that today for me i would forget who i am father you've given me some wonderful blessings but forget those things and quit trying to do things in my own strength and begin spending that time with you and finding out who you are being found in you, and rejoice in who you are. Father, I pray that all of us, no matter what comes, no matter what goes, that we would have this joy that you promised us, that we would claim it today because you've already allowed us to have it. Just help us to find it in you. Father, we pray all these things in your name.